hey there and welcome back to Fire and Soul, the space to deepen your inner awakening and activate your highest expression so that you can share your gifts and power with the world. (laughs) I love saying that because it's so true and boy do we have something really special for you today. Coot Blackson is joining the show for a deep dive into the passport to true freedom. But before I offer up a little bit of context to this conversation, I want to offer up a lot of gratitude for those of you who have been taking the time to leave a review for Fire and Soul. It's deep honoring and so appreciated, not only to me, but also the guests that we have coming on. And I want to read a review that really touches my heart. Came in from Moxie Grace, five stars, titled, Can I Just Keep Her in My Pocket? I love Michelle and her deeply inviting tone. So, so good. I was listening to a recent pod and actually found myself asking, how would Michelle invite me to handle this situation? Super cool when a good podcast is part of your toolbox to living more in tune and connected, all caps, love, exclamation mark. Well, thank you so much, Moxie Grace. I am really moved by that. And I'll simply say, aho, because that is the name of the game here. Uh, It's really wonderful, right? When we can all learn different things to add to our toolbox to evolve our consciousness so that we can really get present and react, respond in a way that is from our highest and best. So thank you for that. Now, if you listening have not yet left a review, but you've ever gleaned any value or insight or meaning please do so right now. You can hit pause, tap the app that you're listening to me on, scroll down to the bottom and leave a review, hit submit so we are sure that it is sent and I would be so grateful and probably read your review in the coming weeks. All right, a little bit of context into today's conversation. Uh, Coop Blackson is a transformational teacher, speaker, visionary guide and national best-selling author of You Are the One and the Magic of Surrender, utterly unique in the world of human potential and unlike those who promise to simply help people, quote, get what they want, Coot's life work instead reveals to people what they have to give by liberating who they are most truly and deeply. The focus, freedom. Today's conversation is a really deep dive. He is speaking the language of my soul, fits right into fire and soul, and we embark on a journey. We talk about how to surrender to thy thy will versus my will and follow your heart and inner nudgings. That's something that we talk about all the time here on fire and soul. Why we need to give up the need to know or understand practical steps and advice about how to start listening to your deep inner truth and ultimately discover your purpose. I loved this conversation. There was such a beautiful vibrational exchange. I feel really excited to be able to share this medicine with you today. So without further ado, my loves, please enjoy The Passport to True Freedom with Coot Blackson. Well, Coot, welcome to Fire and Soul. I'm so excited to connect with you. Great to be here. I'm excited. Uh, so we're going to just drum, drop right into the deep into the pool because we were chatting before uh, nice. I hit record and we're like, let's do it, bring it on. But before we give there, go there, I just want to give my listeners just mm-hmm. a little context. I know you've shared it everywhere. It's all over the internet, mm-hmm. but just a little bit of nuance of what brings you here to this moment, even from your time in Ghana, 
and that transformation and and here living in LA kind of close to me these days. Yeah, you know, as a kid, I always felt a calling, a calling to serve people, a calling to make a difference in people's lives. You know, uh, as a bit of context, my childhood, I grew up seeing blind people see and deaf people hear and people stand up out of wheelchairs. Like my first memory as a young boy was seeing a crippled woman crawling on the floor. She picks up the sand, this man walks and wipes it on her face and stands up. And mm-hmm. so I grew up in this mystical, in, you know, context. Uh the same man would look at a woman in a wheelchair and say, why are you in this wheelchair? Stand up. And they would stand up. So I grew up in the miraculous. I saw it with my own eyes. This man was my father. Mm. He had 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa, had a huge church in London, was like 5,000 people every Sunday. And I began speaking when I was age eight in my father's churches, ordained at 14, given the mandate to take over my father's organization. And my life was basically scripted and set. And that was it. But I knew that something wasn't aligned for me. And I felt this feeling like, "Mm, this is not my path. But I was just, I was too afraid to speak my truth. And I, Mm. as as a 14-year-old kid, you know, I was too afraid to lose my father. And I thought if I spoke my truth, I would be outcast and I'd lose his love and I'd be abandoned. And so I went along with the plan, you know, until I couldn't anymore. And that's when Mm. I turned 17 and my whole life was kind of turned upside down. But meanwhile... You know, I would sneak into my father's, uh, and this is where also the journey began. I would sneak into my father's office on his bookshelf. He had a thousand books and everyone from like the the Eastern mystics of Osho and Krishnamurti to Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen, Jim Rohn, Brian Tracy, Marianne Williamson, Deepak Chopra, you know, Louis Hay. And for me, these were as a, you know, nine-year-old kid, 10-year-old kid, 11-year-old, this, this was my passion this was my obsession just just trying to understand life and the purpose and why we're here and where do we come from and where do we go and you know I, I had tried to fit myself into becoming who I thought I needed to be and it wasn't working so at, at 18 I had that conversation with my father mm. left everything behind won mm. a green card won a green card in the lottery green card lottery Mm-hmm. And came to the U.S. with two suitcases, $800, knew no one in the country. And I wanted to find Jack Canfield. I wanted to find, you know, many of these self-help icons and learn from them and study with them and um, go into this field. And so that's what brought me to the U.S. I didn't care about anything else. For me, it was India or it was L.A. And <laughs> L.A. was like the Mecca. You know, this is where everybody comes through. And this is where everyone seemed to live. And so when I look at the back of these self-help books, they were all living in like Santa Monica, Los Angeles. <laughs> so I wanted to come and find these people. And I found many of them and studied with many of them as a, as a young kid. And then I just got to the point where I was tired of reading. Mm-hmm. I got to the point where I was tired of reading someone else's experience. I wanted to know truth. I wanted to know God. I wanted to know the nature of reality for myself. Mm-hmm. and Long story short, I mean, there's a series of things that occurred, but what 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 it led me to was I broke up with my girlfriend, put everything in storage, shaved my head, and I began walking the Camino mm. in northern Spain, a 900-kilometer trek on a vortex line. Mm. And I said, I'm not coming back to America. This is somewhere where I was desperate to come to. I'm not coming back until I find certain answers for myself, until I know who I am, until I know why I'm here. I'm not coming back. And I went to, to, to walk the Camino. It was transformational. 
and I met someone there that said, go to India. Mm. And so I ended up in India and I spent four, three to four months in India. And that changed mm. my life. And I had a kind of awakening there that uh, I experienced something, you know, or experienced nothing, nothing and everything, you know, at the same time. And that's when I was kind of guided to come back to America. And I came back and I began, began working with people. I was a kid. I began working with people. This is before coaching was even popular, you know, began working with people from a sincere, like I didn't care about money. I didn't care about fame. I didn't care about any, I just wanted to help people. Mm. And I felt so free. I had nothing, no, no girlfriend, no money, no house, no, not, but I just felt free. And so I wanted people to feel the kind of freedom I felt. And one person came, another person came and my work began growing. And then I kind of devised the methodology of working with people. I called it uncoaching and people's lives really started transforming. And then more people came and then it evolved into small groups and larger groups and, and then two books. And here we are. So that's the short version. I love that version. I have a couple of questions to follow up. So it's so beautiful to have that clear vision with such potent clarity when you were young and the very people that you admired, respected, and longed to connect with are now inviting you on their podcast, inviting you to collaborate, inviting you onto their stages. Uh, It's such a beautiful, uh, beautiful representation of what's possible when we get really, really honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned in there something really potent that we talk about a lot here on Fire and Soul, which is I wanted to know who I am and why I'm here. So how would you describe that these days, but not in the language of titles or labels? How would I describe what? Who am I and why am I here, but not in the realm of 3D? I don't even know if it has words, to be honest, you know, because when you ask that question, my mind goes a bit silent. Mm -hmm. You know, when you ask, who am I? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's there's really no words for that. It's just blank, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, If anything, I'm I'm, I'm consciousness, I'm energy, I'm an infinite being, you know, uh, expressing itself as this character that happens to be called Hoot in this you know, yeah. human experience, you know. Um, yeah, I'm a lover, you know. That's what I can say. I'm, I'm a lover. I'm here to love. I'm here to express love and uh, here to remind people of who they are and who they've always been, you know, uh, yeah. to remind people of who they are and who they've always been, yeah, in a simple, simple way. Nice to meet you again. Yeah. No mistake. Yeah. I would say that, uh, yeah, we're speaking the same love language, the language of the soul right there. So thank you for that. Appreciate it. You know, I've heard you mention on a couple of different podcasts that we are in the midst of the greatest spiritual revolution the world has ever seen. These Mm -hmm. mythic times that I have awakened to myself, but Mm -hmm. I haven't heard you really share much context about that awakening experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I would love to just yeah, I hear from you in your own words, whatever you're willing to share. When you realize that we are in the midst of the greatest spiritual revolution, and what does that mean for you? You know, it's interesting. I've been saying I've been saying that for a while because yeah. you know I, I I think I first started saying it in around 2009 or 10 yeah. when I could feel this movement of people seeking. Yeah. 
and this movement of the hunger of people like getting into yoga and 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 healthy living and well-being and pilates and meditation and i could feel this energetic emergence in consciousness moving through the beginnings of the mainstream and i could feel this happening and then you know 2008 and 2010 and just sort of economic collapse that was happening at the time that i felt was a really profound moment for humanity where the whole world began to sort let's say fall apart a little bit you know and 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 all those places that we as humans held on to for a sense of safety mm. you know what i know my bank account my security my safety my status as that was being shaken up and shaken away i think when that happens in the external it forces us to look inside mm -hmm. it it for forces us to question who am i if i'm not my stock market and if i'm not my real estate and if i'm not my you know whatever we have held onto for a sense of meanness and as that gets shaken then who the hell am i and i think that's the question as a humanity we were forced to ask you know when i began talking about this and so for me that was very exciting even though it was challenging for a lot of folks it was very exciting because i saw people all those places we had stopped short of realizing our true divinity mm. you know because we could hold on to i'm this and i'm that and my title and my this and my that is like now it's like as people started losing that then it, then it made us slowly as human beings go deeper into who 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 the, who the hell am i you know and yeah. i think that is a profound question to ask ourselves and so i feel as though we are in the midst of that you know even in 2020 when 2020 hit this pandemic experience whatever we want to call it and there's a lot of different viewpoints on it and um on a spiritual level i sensed like there was a sort of spiritual initiation in the consciousness of humanity that was going on yes where we were forced to pause where we were forced to stop the sort of non-stop busyness tiktok we were forced to go into a global meditation we were forced to go into a kind of global self inquiry where i felt as though the consciousness of humanity were being initiated into a new way of being Mm. one that was really previously addicted and hyper attached to the egoic way of control and making happen and control and i'm in control and i am the doer and i am the one that is doing life to realize oh shit whoa, what is happening is that, maybe is that mine whoa that never happens give me one second i'm going to pause this that yeah All right, we so, had a brief we had a brief interruption there. Yeah. Thank so, you, Chris. You were on a roll. <laughs> no, but I was saying that when 2020 hit, I felt as though we are in something very profound. Like it's almost as though the universe, the divine was was put us all into some sort of spiritual initiation, initiatory moment where we were being forced as a human as a humanity, as a species to shift 
from a certain way of operating, a certain way of being, a certain way of living that was very much ego-identified and control-driven and sort of ego-attached to a certain way of living where we were the ones that were doing and making everything happen. And I feel as though this pandemic hit, which kind of began at least, to force us to loosen the grip of our own control, egoic way of identification and living life, where we were forced to kind of like surrender a bit, you know, the degree we did or didn't, but forced to let go of being in a state of unknown, not knowing what the hell's happening. What is this? What is it? You know, lockdown, this, that, what the, and, and so I feel as though we're being initiated into a new way of being, that is that is really to live in alignment with soul with our true essence you yes. know with our true spirit with our true self and i think it will it's the it's the beginning of a shift i would love to say well we've awakened though because i think truly as you as you as humanity a lot of the world is going back to exactly kind of where it's gone back to and so i think there's going to be several you know, crises and shift points as the evolutionary impulse of humanity that is intending to awaken itself through us all, you know. But I do think there was a beginning of a shift that loosened the grip where we're like, oh, maybe I'm not as in control as I thought. So maybe I can, what else is there? And who am I? And 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 even the, the I feel as though we were put into a surrender seminar as a humanity in that lockdowns limitation 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 lockdowns limitation i'm not agreeing with it i think a lot of the way it went down was not how i would do it and not how i would govern and not how i would lead but when i look at it from a spiritual deeper perspective that ultimately in the spiritual context everything is always happening exactly as it should be happening yes. from that deeper level on a spiritual level there's on one level it's perfect yeah. Yeah. and so so even the limitation that we experienced in this time, to me, we are infinite beings and we incarnate into this human experience of limitation. The world is a three-dimensional realm of duality, interdependent, polaric opposites. That's the nature of life. That is the realm of limitation. And I think we incarnate into part of the simulation and the game of life, mm -hmm. you could say, is we incarnate into this human experience of limitation not to be limited, mm -hmm. not to mm -hmm. be limited, Yes, but, but to experience the limitation of the 3D mm -hmm. as an invitation for us to tap in, to become masters in limitation, mm -hmm. to, to, to access the unlimited nature of our being. Yes. And we access the unlimited nature of what we truly are and remember that and awaken to that and connect to that and live that in the realm of limitation. And so I think part of the game of life is this is the realm of limitation. Pandemic times was a lot of limitation. And so it's like, what's real? What is real freedom? Is What is real freedom? Because in so many ways, I think it was magnified. We as a humanity have been looking as, as egos, as personalities, as persons, as people, we tend to, we have a tendency to have been conditioned to look for freedom out in the world. We, we, you know, have our sense of freedom based on things being a certain way, based on 
how we look, based on what we wear, based on, you know, our clothes, based on all these things, out external factors, but the world is constantly changing. And I think the more that our sense of freedom is based on the world being a certain way, the less free we are. Mm-hmm. And so now that the world went crazy, the world went haywire, the world wasn't kind of conforming to certain ways that we were used to. I think part of the invitation is it forces us, challenges us and forces us to find a deeper reference within ourselves, to find a deeper reference of like, what is true? What is freedom within ourselves and being less dependent on the world being a certain way? So I think in that sense, there's kind of an invitation and an awakening and a quickening that is happening that we are in. And some of us will take that invitation and some of us will not take that invitation. But I think there's an opportunity ultimately to use every experience that is happening in this physical domain for our awakening and our evolution. Because I think that's the only thing that's really going on is our awakening and our evolution. I couldn't agree more. And beautifully put, thank you very much. You know, I don't feel like it's an invitation for me. It's a mandate. It was a demand on my soul. And, uh, and where I really connect with your transmissions really is the way that I, I, I feel when I listen to you, when I read your text, is the nuance and the texture around what is a real surrender? What is a true awakening? What is, what is legit medicine and spirituality? And you, you start with truth. Mm-hmm. And I want to go there because as so many of us continue to awaken, and it's like popcorn right now, many, many more are awakening. But what does it really mean to awaken to the void that we can't even describe who and what our true nature is? That's the real awakening. That's the space of the equanimity to get really comfortable in that you talk about so much. And you also really, really try to hone in on, get really honest with yourself, speak truth. And that, my friend, will be the beginning of the awakening that will allow you to surrender, to liberate your soul and experience true inner freedom, wherever you are and whatever's going on. But that's the key. Yes. To to really, see, if this world, okay, was infinite utopia, infinite bliss all the time, it was just, you could fly the government would kiss your feet. If everyone was doing whatever you want, it was just infinite utopia. How would we know what true freedom was? Yes. You know, and so, 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 so what I learned, we live in the realm of duality, interdependent polaric opposites. There's the nature of life, up, down, good, bad, positive, negative, you know, male, female, tall, short, yin, yang, it's the Tao. Mm-hmm. And the real domain of true freedom is not out here. The real domain of true freedom is in your soul. Mm. And in your soul, nothing can touch your soul. Right. They can touch your Lamborghini. They can touch your house. They can touch your, you know, whatever. But nothing can touch what you truly are. You know, there's a quote in the Bible that says, the kingdom of heaven is within Yes. The kingdom of heaven is a consciousness, a dimension of consciousness that is within. And so even in the midst of like the craziness of the world, lockdowns, this, that, it's like, I think it's, it's kind of like an accelerated course that's like, find the freedom when you're in yourself. Yeah. Because if you can, to me, the world will never be perfect. Mm-hmm. The personalities will never be perfect. The world will never be perfect. 
And so I think when we stop looking for the perfection and the freedom out here, we start freeing ourselves because the real dimension of true freedom is inside of us. Mm. It's at the depth of our being, that transcendental, pure nature of what we are that is beyond birth, is beyond death, is untouched by any freaking pandemic, mandate, mm. anything. It is, we are free. Nothing can take that away from us. And it's only in the, the game of duality and limitation that we can access that and realize, oh, I'm free. I'm truly free. Like, I'm free whether I have money or not. I'm free. I'm sovereign. I'm free whether they tell me or to do. I, I'm free to make my choice. I'm and, and so I think when we when we can stop seeking for it out there and connect to that dimension of our being that is eternally free inside through our spiritual practice, through our meditation, then we can go into the world. Mm-hmm. Then we can go into the world. And if that means go march, if that means be an activist, if that means do whatever, then we can do it, but from a place of non-resistance. Yes. Then we can do it from a place of non-resistance, non-duality from within. And it, when we come from that place of non-resistance, that's when we, we become truly dangerous to make change because we no longer take the world as seriously as we did before. Mm. And I think that's that's when we kind of start unplugging from the matrix, you know, yeah. and freeing ourselves a bit. So, yeah, that, that as you said, that, that the real inner freedom, you know, that's that's what we have to find. Yeah. And we're going to dive into that in a moment, but I am curious, you know, I know that you mentioned you had a place in LA and then left and you bought a house in Arizona. Now scanning out a couple of years later, you could see the divine alignment and order, right? Because then you sold it, made a lot of money, moved to Miami. What, what's that? Brazil, what's that? Met your wife. (laughs) Oh, I love your story. I'm, I'm, I have something similar that just answering the call, no matter what. And I want to go there in a Mm -hmm. moment that speaks to the inner freedom that you talk about. When we answer that call, we have no choice, which is the greatest freedom. Mm -hmm. But before I, I go there, I'd be remiss if, if I didn't ask, was there ever a moment when you left LA and you were moving out to Arizona? And I don't really know the reasons why, maybe you'll share. Was there ever a moment that fear came into your realm of awareness or was it just like, okay, you felt guided, you left and you maybe you weren't in agreement with like our very long lockdown here. I mean, I didn't know at one point would I ever be able to go into a public establishment, right? Because I made that choice for myself, Yes, but I didn't really have a lot of fear. I was so clear that my choice had to be my choice. And at that same moment, I also let go of all of TV, mainstream media, quote, news, alcohol, anything and everything that would lower my vibration and dull my ability to be in my sovereign agency. I knew. I knew. I was like, this is not what they're saying it is. But of course, I was an outlier in my world of Sienna Monica. And I get that. I respect it. It's all perfect. And it, and it drove me out to where I am now. And I love where I am. I'm literally in heaven Mm -hmm. every day, you know, the mountains and the sea is around me. And, but I didn't expect that it was an unexpected twist, but I answered the call and it took tremendous courage to answer that call. Mm -hmm. These days, it's just what I do. And I've learned to trust it, have faith in it. And it's just beautiful to be blessed by that. Even in that grand void, it's really present there. But curious, did you experience any fear? I mean, was that a tricky, dicey time for you where you had to question maybe even some of your deeper values? 
or did you just answer the call? Well, I think it, it fits into different contexts because, you know, for me, um, I was living in L.A. and I couldn't not imagine living in L.A. Yeah, uh, I was living in downtown and L.A. went kind of bonkers, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and 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 <laughs> I felt like L.A. just collapsed like a like a like a deck of cards, you know, mm-hmm. and and the level of fear was uh, just not resonating. And and so I choose not to live in fear. You yeah. know, I, I think so much of society, so much of media, so much of news, so much of advertising, so much of we re- want you to religion, church, the matrix that is made up of the conditioned mind, want you to live in fear and has no investment in you knowing who you truly are. Because mm. when you know who you are, that you are divine that you are pure consciousness, that you are a child of God, that mm. you are an infinite being. Mm. Not like much, much of the world mm. wants to hypnotize you and seduce you to believe that you're just this little limited body that has wrinkles and hair will fall out and then you're going to die and that's it. And the more you believe and you've been conditioned to believe that you are just this little character that is a costume that the infinite is wearing, but the more you actually identify and believe that you're just this thing, then the or more a you letter, a letter, yes, uh, right, identity. Yeah. Like it's yes. so banana. Sorry to interrupt, but the, like the, 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 the yeah. more the more you we become conditioned to believe we are just this little limited human flesh and bones body, and and so much of advertising, you know, brainwashes us to believe that you go to the magazine stand. This is what you should look like. This is what you should look like. This is what you should look like. This is what you should look. Like. This is what you should look. Like. But inject this stuff. Drink this thing. Wear this underwear. Drink this clothes. Drive this car. And then, then you're gonna be enough. And so, so much of uh, so much of the media has an investment in you not knowing who you are because then you can be sold. Then you can be manipulated. Then you can be controlled. But when you start to question and know and connect to your source, you are infinite. Even religion, I hate to say, you're a sinner. I mean, how great does that make you feel? Rather than religion say, you're a divine being, you're a child of God, you're a spark of the infinite. You, this body is just a temporary vehicle for your soul. It's like, ooh, that's a bit too empowering. No, but you're <laughs> you're a piece of nothingness. It's like, okay, okay, you know. And so I think for me, I've always lived in that intention. And and I've always lived with that knowing and that knowledge. And so when I felt LA was not quite vibing. Uh, the truth is, I was planning to stay until one day my meditation, something said, don't renew your lease, which was literally up that week, and go to your house in Phoenix. Now, I did not know why I bought this house in Phoenix. Mm. I bought this house in Phoenix literally a year before because the architecture was one of a kind in the world. A small house, but it was crazy architecture. And it would have taken something that crazy for me to buy this house. There's no reason to be in Phoenix. And so something said, move there. And I, to be honest, I wasn't afraid. I, I was sad that I was leaving LA. I was sad that I was being guided because it felt like a death. I'm like, oh my God, I'm dying. I'm, I'm leaving LA. This is like not happening. I'm, I'm right and die LA. And so mm-hmm. when I went to Phoenix, I didn't understand mm-hmm. why, but I didn't know anyone there. And I realized everything is, is divinely orchestrated. Mm. And, and it was my time in Phoenix where I was, it was like being in the desert spiritually. Mm-hmm. And it was in the desert that I was forced to let go. I was forced to 
die to the old. Mm-hmm. I was forced to die to who I thought I was. I was forced to let go of that which was no longer in alignment, you know. And it was that time there of being unplugged. And to be honest, I didn't even notice how ego reinforcing LA is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even in the Hollywood world, but I didn't even notice how through osmosis, you know, ego reinforcing the atmosphere of LA is. And I love LA, but everything is about how you look, what you look, what do people think? And just in just by being in it, you just kind of the osmosis of just breathing it in. And so by somehow God needed to take me to Phoenix because in Phoenix, everything was simple. Nobody cares. I went to Target for the first time and everybody, people were just wearing shorts, flip-flops, and nobody was dressed up for nothing. And 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 it was just, it was freeing on many levels. It was freeing because people weren't living in the same fear that they had in LA. But it was also freeing because people in Phoenix, and I mean this as a compliment, weren't so ego-obsessed or identified. Mm-hmm. They were just living their life you know, whatever, waking up, going to work, just living life. And they weren't so self-focused. And that was incredibly freeing. And so it felt as though in a strange way, I got to sober from my own LA ego in a certain way. And that was a huge freedom. You know, that was a huge freedom. You got to take that mask off. I so get you. You I've lived in LA. The mask that you don't even realize that you're wearing. Exactly. It's like a frog being boiled to water and starts out in like regular water, right? It's it's so interesting. There was there was a three-year period where I left LA to, for a TV job. It was like my dream job. And so I moved across the country and um and I remember, but it was in Florida. And and so I remember coming back here and I was like, I don't know, I've had the confidence to deal with LA again because I was so used to what you just described. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was so wonderful to have that mask off and it didn't matter what I looked like or what handbag I was carrying or what car I was driving or who I knew, right? Mm-hmm. And then what that taught me is that that's just not how I'm going to be in the world. It never yes. resonated. I was yeah. playing a role that was exhausting me. Yeah. And so through a series of, of course, many, many different awakenings, we're here now and, and this is my true soul's purpose. And it's very much like what you're sharing. Mm-hmm. My life's mission and all the culmination of it is to really help people tap into the truth of who they are. You said something though, uh, just a moment ago that really snagged my soul. And I want to unpack it a little bit. You said I was forced to deconstruct. I'm probably putting words in your mouth to, to, you know, to go through that awakening process. Some would say, I'm on that side of it. Like it felt like I was forced to demanded, but it was still a choice. Yeah. So there are many right now going through that process scared to completely surrender Coot because of the choices they might be faced to have to make the decisions that might be coming down the pike. Right. So can you speak to that, that energy of, of opening to the surrender of feeling forced while knowing that it's the deepest honoring for the evolution of our journey? Yeah. I think on a, on a bigger level, there's only one winner and that's consciousness. Yeah. And so you can surrender now. <laughs> you can surrender in two months. You can surrender in two years. You can surrender in your deathbed. Maybe if there is such a thing as a next lifetime, I don't know, maybe next lifetime and again and again. But at some point of this trajectory of, you know, 
stream of consciousness, we will have to surrender. And so I, I think I, I tend to think the faster we can kind of get with the program of 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 the flow of life and truth, the more we can actually live in harmony, you know. Yeah. And so when I say I was forced, you know, the deeper I go mm-hmm. in my evolution, the less choice I feel I have. I actually feel I have less choice. That's why it was easy to move. Because I feel like I have let, like the deeper I go, the less choice I feel I have, the freer I feel. Yes. The more in ego I am, the more choice I think I have, yep. the less free I feel because it's just an illusion. Because as you go deeper, certain things that you used to be able to do, I guess you could do them. But the energetic, vibrational, psychic, psychological effect that you're left with afterwards of not feeling great, not feeling good, vibrationally lower, it just ceases to be worth it, you know? And so I guess, you know, as you evolve and grow, maybe there's certain things you used to eat. Maybe there's certain people you used to hang out with. Maybe there's some people you used to date. Maybe there's some people you used to have sex with. Maybe there's certain pe- things you used to smoke. Maybe there, what certain things you used to drink that just, you could, but but the energetic momentum starts just no longer feeling like a aligned resonance, you know, and and so that's what I mean, you yeah. know. It just ceases to be worth it anymore, and the feeling of being, even if it's sometimes challenging, the feeling of being aligned, yeah. and the feeling of being in flow, yeah. and the feeling of being in harmony with your soul, mm. just starts feeling a hell of a lot better, you know. Yeah. It just starts feeling much more calm inside and peaceful inside and so yeah you know I felt like I was forced you know did I have a choice I guess I did but you know I think what starts happening as we surrender is my will and thy will starts the gap between the two starts lessening and lessening and lessening and lessening in that oneness and my will and I will start becoming one. And you, you could say, as you let go of identity and, and ego more and more, your taste for certain things lessen. Your taste for drama, your taste for, you know, certain things just lessen and let go. And you become more interested in what is aligned and what is highest rather than just what you want or what you think you want. And so to me, that that's the difference you know there's a tr- there's a tremendous freedom in surrendering and people mm-hmm. sometimes say well oh surrendering is it's so hard yeah but resisting and lying and betraying yourself that's hard staying in a relationship that you clearly know is not aligned for the next 30 years mm-hmm. that's hard you know working a job that you hate holding back your gifts and truth mm-hmm. that that's hard that takes so much energy like like being in a, in, a, in a swimming pool with a big beach ball and holding it down underneath the, 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 the water out of people's view, that takes so much energy. And so, yes, initially, sometimes it's a little scary to just let it go and tell the truth. Okay, what, what lies am I telling myself to just acknowledge the truth? It can feel a little scary, like, what will happen? And what are the consequences? But the consequence of living that lie is what kills us. The concept, like when we lie to ourselves, it is painful. 
we get sick. We, we have depression. We have mm-hmm. lack of energy. We get physical ailments. We get disease. We get sick. And that there is a cost of not surrendering because it takes a lot of energy to resist what's true, to resist the guidance, to go against the flow can take a lot of energy, you know? And so to me, that's the difference. I think when we truly surrender, we're free. When we truly surrender, we're in flow. And I think nature tends to support itself. So like when I moved to, to Phoenix, it was not what I wanted. It was not what Coop wanted. I wanted to stay in LA. But the flow, the, the, there was just a river, a f- gentle flow. Mm. That was just moving there. And I, w- I, I went with it. Mm. When it was time for me, when I went, I was guided to go to Miami, not to live, but to hang out for five days. It was a flow. Then something said, go back again for a month, not to live. It was a flow. Then all of a sudden, I found myself uncontrollably searching on uh, the internet to just, I have, I have an hour, let me look at apartments because I'm not going to move here. But And so all of a sudden, next, by that afternoon, I'd booked a lease. It was the flow. That's when I didn't want to sell my house in Phoenix because the house is a one-of-a-kind, unique property that you'll never see again. It was so, but but it just felt like, the house and my karma with the house had fulfilled its karma and its purpose in yes. my soul evolution. And our job together was done. I could have attached and held on to it, but it would have blocked the flow. It just felt like we were complete now. Mm. And so there was just a flow. Mm. And boom, the house sold for twice the amount. And blah, 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 blah. and it just everything was a flow. And so I think part of it is. To feel, are you resisting the flow, forcing the flow, or are you truly going with the flow? And what I mean by going with the flow, that doesn't mean, oh, I just feel like eating, you know, four Big Macs and a Hagen dazs just going with the flow. I feel like not exercising, going with the flow. I feel like just doing what everyone is telling me to do because that's what everyone in LA is doing. I'm going with the flow. No, th- there's a flow of your soul. And sometimes that flow, might mean you do the opposite of what everyone else is doing, but it's your flow. And that is surrender. It's surrendering to the truth of the innate intelligence that is guiding you. And if you surrender to that innate intelligence that is guiding you, you will never be off track. If you are following someone else's flow, because what they say that on social media or everyone in LA is doing that thing, and is that you will be off track because you're following someone else's track. But when you follow your flow and it's your track, you will always be on track. You cannot not be off off track if you're following your flow. And often that flow doesn't make sense to your logic or your mind. That flow, that, that true guidance is arising from a deeper dimension than your conditioned mind, than your ego. So it's bigger than your current capacity to understand it so often it won't make sense you know i don't understand so one thing we have to give up is the need to know the need to understand we're constantly trying to understand it's the ego strategies to try and understand because if i can understand then i can control if i can control i don't get hurt again like maybe i was hurt when i went into the unknown and i felt helpless rather than trusting and saying okay i don't need to understand this Mm -hmm. so what i've learned to do 
I feel I feel the flow. Turn left. Turn left. Why are you doing that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Turn right. I don't know. Just follow that flow because that flow is the intelligence of life. Mm, so beautifully put. You know, it's so incredible to hear you articulate this uh, because I think that for those of us who who live in integrity with the divine, that's the way that I refer yes. to it, right? It's 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 there's no other choice for me. And so when I did hear you yes. say it, and and I actually wrote it out, and I want to just say it again because it was so so profound. The deeper I slash we go on the spiritual path, the mm. less choice I have, and the freer I feel. The more yes. an ego I slash we are, the more choice I think I have the less free I am. An active, I will say active, because it is an active state of surrender, is the password to freedom. Mm. So I'm so with you here. And I know many of my listeners are, but I do have a question for those who are it's just- like, can, I, can I clarify <laughs> just something you just, just to clarify? Yeah. Like, for, I'll, give a, I'll give a like a very human example, okay? okay? I exercise every day. Yeah. Every day, seven days a week, unless I'm on a plane. I exercise. It's not an option. It's no longer a choice. Yes. So I've made it a choice to not be a choice. So mm. the part of why it's so freeing is because I don't have to wake up and, should I exercise today? Should I not? Back and forth. All the energy in my, it's just, doesn't matter if I feel like it or not. I'm not following my fleeting mood, fleeting emotion. Mm. Don't feel like it. Do feel like it. Don't. Feel, it's just, this is a deeper commitment that I'm guided to. And, and so even if I don't, whatever the mind does in the morning, because sometimes it doesn't feel like doing it, there's a surrender to the no choice of exercise because I already know I've surrendered to exercising so deeply that it's no longer a choice. So that the, the mechanism of the mind does whatever it does. It's freeing. I don't have to negotiate with the mind. I don't have to sit there and all the energy of trying to convince the mind. The choice is already made. The surrender's already happened. So that's just a simple example. That's a really good human example in the tangible, in the physical 3D world, right? Where I think you're going with this, at least this is where I'm I'm really in this co-resonance, is it's the intangible, it's the almost imperceptible uh, cultivation of learning to listen mm-hmm. through a new lens. And so where I was going a moment ago is, how would you suggest uh, that we begin to listen and discern between ego and or divine guidance, that innate intelligence that is always guiding us into the evolution of our soul for the highest and best, not just for ourselves, but for all included. So it's that listening that you talk about everywhere. Where's the beginning of that discernment that you could share? Uh, well, what one thing I will say, just as a side note into that question, is I think the more we do the genuine work, the mental, emotional, spiritual, therapeutic, like, like the real inner work to heal ourselves, yes. to clear our consciousness, to clear our subconscious, to let the past go. Mm-hmm. The, more, the more we clear our nervous system, the more we will be able to attune to discern the difference between ego and what is true. Yes. Because the more clouded our nervous system is and our mind is, the more we're carrying stuff from the past, the more clouded our antenna might be to be able to cultivate that discernment. And so part of it is the cultivation of the daily work to get to the point where the antenna is clearer. So that's just one piece. Um, What I have found is often that 
the guidance of the soul sometimes is very subtle. And the guidance of the soul has a, an energy. It's a, it's a very faint, subtle energy that it doesn't really arise from the mind, you know. And, and, and many times we don't pay attention because it's just like, yeah, let me, let, let me just go on and just, 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 just check that thing online. But it's not, it's not like you're thinking. It's just a very faint thing that's just moving. What I would say is follow that. It's not you thinking, shall I, shall I, nah, nah, shall. it's just like, what if I, you know, well, what, uh, what, where did that come from? You know, where did, like, where did that go to Miami? What the, out of left field, where did that come from? It clearly wasn't me sitting there researching Miami. It was just, you know, Miami is this developing place. It's just boom, out of nowhere. So when you feel that, there has a, has a lightness, has a sensitivity, has a feeling, has a, a sometimes it's very subtle. Yeah. But it's, but it's not coming from the strategic overthinking of your mind and it doesn't have a heaviness and it's not charged with emotion. It's not charged with emotion. It's sometimes very neutral because it's not charged with the emotion of your ego. And so it, it can be that the thing, as I mentioned, where we often get a bit off is we try to figure it out and we try to understand and we try, well, what does this mean? And why, why Miami? And what if I, it's just, if you want to cultivate it, you sense that, what if I just go, just go, just, but what, just go, just do it. Just pick up the phone, call. Just, what if I just call? And then you, you have to start becoming comfortable to allowing life to lead you. Yeah, and that's the so you could say it's a feminine energy because to allow yourself to be led, to allow yourself to, for life to lead you, mm-hmm. it's like life starts leading you mm-hmm. rather than you imposing your open, available, and curious. Mm-hmm. And life shows you it may not be what you want, but life shows you, and there will be a a, a flow like. Hmm, Something here. So you just you just you just take a step. Just take another step. You don't have to have all the, the 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 map figured out. You don't even have to know where you're going to get to exactly where you need to be. Other than something's here. Take a step. So and, and then you end up living into it. And the next step reveals itself. Reveals itself. And then, oh, I didn't plan this. And that's when the magic. That that's when you could say the unlimited creation starts happening mm-hmm. where your creation is not limited by your ego's imagination or the past because you're not creating from the mind That's it's right. being created by the intelligence of life and all of a sudden it's like oh it's better than i thought oh i couldn't i couldn't have planned this you didn't plan it life was doing it life was unfolding it like we often think like <laughs> we it's funny it's like do we think like life doesn't know what it's doing? God doesn't know what it's doing. We have to sit there. I'm not saying we can't set our goals sometimes. This is fun. I think it's a fun exercise to do. But the reality is like, God, my soulmate's got to be like this, got to be six foot two, got to have the, like, the divine intelligence that, that is doing all of existence doesn't know who the hell you need to be with. I mean, it, it knows. It, it knows exactly what is highest. If you're willing to be open and available 
and invoke the highest good. Oh, so beautifully said. My prayer more and more. Yeah, sometimes, okay, universe, I love there. But more and more my prayer is, please, I ask for the highest good to be in this. I ask for the highest good in this relationship. I ask for the, because when you open yourself energetically to the highest good, there's no limitations. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, let it be this. There's a, there's a limit. Let it be the, the highest good. Mm-hmm. This complete availability to the highest possibility. Now that there's true infinite possibilities now are available. Mm-hmm. That's what you're activating. And so that's for me, what is exciting as an invitation for people. Ah, aho, that is beautiful. There's so much more that I could explore with you. I know that we are coming to a close. I just wanted to add to that, you know, the density, right? That we are being invited, if not demanded, many of us right now in this great awakening that is happening all around the world. Uh, It's to learn to listen in different ways, but we can't do that if we're still plugged into so much of the matrix, right? And so much of the conditioning and the indoctrination and the programming and the pain and the suffering. And so that's why for me, almost two years ago, it was like, turn off the TV, get rid of the TV, replace it it with a sacred altar, right? Get devotional on a daily basis, like learn to pay reverence and have gratitude. And and that began my opening in ways where it was like, I was the mega manifester, everything on the bucket list I had ever wanted in my life, maybe not unlike you, uh, that seemed impossible. I'd just check it off, check it off, check it off. And it was never lost on me that this was an incredible blessing and gift, but then Two years ago, all of that shifted. And so now I'm here. And what I can say is that it just feels so aligned. Mm -hmm. And so some people can look at it as like she's had a psychotic break, a nervous breakdown. And and all I can say is, however you want to refer to me is, is your lens. But I know myself more now than ever. And this is what I want to help so many rise into, awaken into. So I just wanted to say thank you for giving context to that because I think that people think they can go do an ayahuasca weekend. They can go to a retreat uh-huh. or listen to a podcast. I listen to your podcast. Because <laughs> I have experimented that with that six times. But now I'm in the same place that you shared on your podcast, Soul Talk, which I'll highly recommend and leave in, in the resources. And I loved your perspective because after sitting with the sacred medicine six times, I'm where you are. It was like, okay, that is a band-aid and it shows you what's possible yep. but the deep inner work i'm integrating from three and a half years ago when i sat with the plant medicine with jack canfield mm-hmm. still integrating getting the insights mm-hmm. because my channel is clearer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's going to continue to get clearer the more that more that i'm super devotional right yes. Yes. So this is the real medicine. It's the real medicine is life, you know. Yes. The real, the real medicine is each moment. And and you know, we incarnated into this human experience, into this body, into this play of life that is this duality duality experience to be here, you know, and to find the freedom in this, not to just trip out and escape to other blue dimensions and other planets. We incarnated to be here in this human experience to, to, to realize our unlimited nature in fucking downtown Calabasas, in the human form, in the body, not in the blue light, you know, on another dimension. And so for me, spirituality is, is how you live your life every day. It's how you live. And so I think the capacity to stop seeking, or I should say part of growth is when you stop seeking 
the extraordinary somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And you begin to find the magic in the ordinary right where you are. Yes. And that's, I think, the medicine, you know, like that's the, 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 that's the awakening, you know, every moment, every day, just like right here. Doesn't have to be in Peru. Doesn't have to be on the mountain. Doesn't have to be. It's just like right here, having a cup of tea. Like everything is God. Everything is spiritual. Everything is sacred. Every moment is sacred. It is not just, oh, we did a sacred thing. Every sitting here in traffic is sacred. Sitting is it's like it's all sacred. Then there's no separation. And I think that's what we, that's what it's time to dissolve. You know, but life is the ceremony. Life is the ritual. Life is, this is it. You know, this is the yoga. This is the real yoga. I love that. You know, any final words that you would like to share maybe in addition to that? Uh, and then we'll wrap with where uh, my listeners can find out more about you and connect with you more deeply. Uh, I could say a lot, but for now, I would just say surrender is the password to freedom. I, I want people to, I want you all to feel inspired to surrender like like i give this this kind of example i've given it a few times like if everyone if you imagine because there might be some folks that might be like well surrender is like it's for the spiritual people you guys are spiritual it's for you guys like it's for everybody yeah if everyone you imagine your most i wouldn't say most but you can imagine your most blissful sexual experience Mm -hmm. with your lover engaged the energetic exchange. There you were kissing in the passion, the energy's moving. It was ecstatic. You don't have to be spiritual. I mean, a lot of non-spiritual people have sex, spiritual people have sex. Everybody, every human being, you know, hopefully has that, that experience. Nothing to do with being enlightened and spiritual. Why was it so ecstatic? Was it because you came to the sexual lovemaking exchange with a with a business plan of a book is okay honey um we're gonna have sex for approximately 47 minutes and then you know uh uh, for the first minute you're gonna do this then you're gonna kiss me 14 times then i'm gonna turn over then exactly one millimeter to the right it's like that's not how it was what made it so ecstatic was you surrendered yeah you didn't know what was gonna happen you had no you, you you were following the energy we all have had this experience. Like you were following the energy. You didn't know what was going to happen. You just let go. And that's when the magic happened. And that's why it was so blissful, you know? And so if we make love that way and it's so ecstatic, what if we live that way? Life making, yeah. love making, love making, life. What if you lived that way? For me, that's the invitation. Like you don't know what's going to happen, but I promise you, it will be better than what you could have planned for yourself. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. It's invoking that energy of trust that is our cosmic birthright. I love that you just shared that and gave that context because we can all relate to just being fully surrendered and in that flow of life mm-hmm. and just so open and receptive and giving and not, well, hopefully not keeping score or needing to get to a particular outcome, just like present just in the moment of the bliss of life. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Thank you for that. Woohoo. Oh, my friend. Where can my listeners uh, find out more about your transmissions? Uh, thank you. A couple of ways. I'd say get the book, The Magic of Surrender. 
It's available on Amazon. Get the paperback version. It has some updates in it. Secondly, look, depending on when you listen to this conversation, uh, if you're inspired, if you are someone that perhaps you feel you've been put on the planet for a purpose bigger than yourself and you feel a readiness to transform twice a year. One of my favorite things to do is twice a year I do a, a very special event to Bali. It's called Boundless Bliss, the Bali Breakthrough Experience. I've done this for 11 years. It's some of the highest level of my work. It's truly life-changing. Um, the last 11 years, I've been right. privileged. You're going to go next week. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'll be there and next week. Coming up in December. Yeah, so we do, probably we, we, after your July uh, yeah, voyage. Yeah. Okay. And is this the last year you're doing it? Yeah, this, this, is the, this is the final year I'm doing this event. So if folks want to do it, uh, I think the next one will be uh, in December, December the 5th through the 16th. People can go to www.boundlessblissbali.com, find out more, feel the resonance. If it connects, I'll uh, see you there. Um, and then Instagram, Coop Blackson, uh, Facebook, Coop Love Now, my podcast, Soul Talk, my main website, coopblackson.com. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And I will make sure we leave all of those links in the show resources uh, and your podcast is the who's who. And I love that you also come on and just offer up solo transmissions uh, fairly regularly. And, uh, and you ain't joking over there. I mean, you got over what, 300 and something episodes. So yes, it's a beautiful yes. place to get a steady main line of truth and activation because you offer up a lot of different practices and rituals for us to consider. Uh, including a way to stop lying to yourself and to do that with compassion, but real honesty. So uh, there's a lot of medicine on Soul Talk and everywhere else. I mean, you go on these long tangents, which are beautiful and potent mm. on Instagram. So so I'm so excited to share this conversation with my, uh, my community. And I just want to say thank you for the beautiful work that you're out here doing. And thank you for listening to your soul. So you help to pave that way and ignite us all to just cultivate even more courage and trust for us to listen to the wisdom of our soul. Thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Fire and Soul. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. And if you'd like to connect on social, you can find me anywhere at Michelle Sorrow. Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.